Roger, great to have you on once again. Ben alongside Michael and Laurie here and... Geez, Alex Demonor overnight. It was a little bit of a heartbreaker from an Australian perspective, but credit where it's due. Rublev just that little bit too good. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Uh, welcome back, Larry Clarkey. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, happy New Year, Rog. Is it uh, is it a bit rough? Uh, oh, we, we, we spoke about this this morning. Actually, we were quite excited because we couldn't sleep last night. You know, like <laughs> it was that, the first day, yeah, first day of school, yeah, wasn't it? Good. Yeah, Scared the alarm wasn't going to go off. Yeah. It's the early flight, isn't it? So, 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 mate, we jumped out of bed with plenty of energy this morning. Ask me in two weeks' time how I'm feeling. Ask me Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome back. And, uh, well, there was plenty of energy on the court, wasn't there, last night? Mm. Wow. I mean, that was – it was awesome to to watch. It was awesome to be, uh, you know, when when you're courtside and you're sitting there watching it, just to – yeah, as you guys know, just when when you're – uptight against the action just it, it's a different an, animal again isn't it um and well it's, it's disappointing for alex obviously he'll be shattered um that he's out he never never enjoys that feeling especially at home in a major you're in the fourth round you're, you're trying to get to your first or to your second quarter final has been been at the us open in 2020 but um he couldn't have done any more you know to, to be perfectly honest he came out and he played he played a big game and he was you know he was alert he was he was he was at his counter punching best uh, athletically and then he was offensive when he had the opportunity it was always going to be a matchup where Rublev was going to have control of the baseline he he plays tighter to the baseline even when people watch Alex on TV they think wow he's he's hugging the baseline and playing playing really tight but Rublev takes that to another level and he pushes you and he doesn't allow you to come and take his real estate uh, away from him because of the pure ferocity that he that he hits the ball, he swings. If, the, if it's it's sea ball hit ball, and if it if it comes back, I'll hit it harder. And he just keeps repeating and repeating. And he's it's the way he trains, and uh, it's extraordinary uh, level of tennis. And at two sets to one down, when he was going through a heavy emotional battle, Rublev, uh, the Russian, uh, for him to get some composure and and be able to put the blinkers back on and and just sort of calm himself down through the competition and work it out. Um, that was a that was a bit of a runaway train there at six three six love and um, and yeah it was a, an extraordinary outcome for him and and Alex just couldn't uh, couldn't hold him off so, so yeah it was it was a special match to watch. Rog, where is Alex in your opinion? Like, I know he will be disappointed and his preparation was amazing. He was as confident as he's been in his career. He was ready for this opportunity, but I still when I watch him play. I still think he's done brilliant. I still think to get this far is a great achievement from him. But am I selling him short? Is he good enough to, to win a tournament like this? Uh, I, don't, I mean, it is a great achievement. You get into the second week and you're doing a lot of things right. So there's there's the first bit. He's 10 in the world. He's slowly, what he's done and improved his craft is from probably, you know, over the last sort of five years and especially the last 18 months, his serves got bigger. Um, it's got more accurate accuracy yeah, yeah. in it as well. And he's actually a lot more patient through the rally. So Alex used to be always looking to get on the front foot and he's and he and he likes taking risks and he likes going after the ball and coming forward. And uh, but now he'll be in a be in a in a tight rally in a big moment against a big player. And, and he's very comfortable into hitting that one or two extra balls back, taking some pace off the ball, using his slice and, and backing himself in. So that sort of, I guess, his belief system's been built as he's, as he's got the better wins. And, you know, beating Novak at the start of the year, um, beating Zverev, he's just, you just start getting, you just, you, you know, you know, it's like your belief system comes out and, and all of a sudden, doesn't matter who you're facing, you feel like you've got things under control a, a bit more at your end. And that's a, 
and that's a big that's a big tick for Alex as you're moving as you're trying to get yourself into that position where he's at. So, but you know, it's, it then becomes about the matchups. So when you get the draw and you see the draw unfold, it can be it can be what opens up on your side. I mean, Sinner was, you know, there. Um, Alex has got a, you know, he, he's beaten Sinner, and uh, I mean, so he's beaten Rublev, so he doesn't go in there with a, um, a heavy. Uh, win-loss record against, so he knew he could get the job done, and Rublev was unravelling there at one point, and it was, you know, there could have been 10 minutes of play in the fourth set, and if Rublev hadn't have pulled himself together, uh, we might have had a, you know, we might have been talking about Alex getting through in four sets, and, you know, and breaking down his opponent, and so, and then if, you know, then there are draws that open up, where you've got, you know, on the other side of the draw, you've got a young, you're 21-year-old Frenchman who's a wild card who's got through, who beat Holger Rune. So he, he's in the draw, and if you, you know, you front him or a Portuguese player making the fourth round for the uh, for the first time, you know, he should never have, he beat Grigor Dimitrov. So there's there's all these draws that can potentially open up for you. And I guess the main thing is to keep yourself alive in the first week and then see what unfolds and see what the carnage is uh, through the draw, and then hopefully you get a moment. Well, he looks to have done it easily in the first week, Novak, Rog. And there's no slowing down for him. To your (laughs) eye, does he look as though he's slowed down at all? Uh, No, no, there's no no slowing down. And and generally you see it, obviously, through their athleticism, through the movement, more so the defence. You know, it's easy to to look at someone on offence. It's, you know, they've got all control of where their positioning is and what they're doing with the ball. But it's more how well do you defend? And Novak's, you know, he's been leader in the pack uh, in on defence and his ability to turn that into offence almost immediately. And that hasn't changed. His competitive nature hasn't changed and he and he likes the the combative environment. You know, he he's yeah, he's as hungry as ever and uh, and he said he will he'll only you know, he'll continue to play until um, he feels like he can't compete or for these titles, and so at the moment he's very much competing for the titles. He's still sitting there. We, you know, we saw his result yesterday. That was always going to happen. That result. So, uh, not six love, six love in the first two sets, but it was always going to happen against a 37-year-old who's who's a 35-year-old who's just played a five-set match. Um, uh, you know, and, and just fatiguing. So um, it was always going to happen. So yeah, it's, he's. He's still definitely a key. He takes on Taylor Fritz from America. Very, very high tennis IQ. Got some weapons. Um, his girlfriend has to eat a jar of Vegemite now because she she said if you win this match, she'll eat a jar of Vegemite. She's an American influencer. Um, looking forward to that. I'm not sure if any she's tried Vegemite, but that's probably not a great. Uh, that's probably not a great great bet. Um, yeah, so I've been to see Novak's and and in that half of the draw, he's got quality. He's got he's got Yannick Sinner who I think's. Um, you know, a big chance to win a major this year. Darren Cale coaches him. He's got through very convincingly in straight sets. He plays Rublev, so that'll be virtually like a ping-pong match. They both swing it hard, hit the ball hard, and both that athletically, you know, brilliant. So um, I, I think Sinner will get through that, and then if he ends up taking on Novak, who's got a challenge in front of him, um, you know, that Sinner has beaten Novak before and, and back at the back end of last year. So it's, it's an interesting half of the draw that's going to unfold there. Yeah, and we've got a lot to look forward to as well today. We get to see, uh, what, Medvedev, Alcaraz in action as well. Uh, we've got Zverev up against Nori. Maybe another five set of beckoning there. Uh, yeah, with Zverev, it's, uh, you know, you, you don't know what's coming off. You know, he can he gets in, involved in a lot of five set rallies, uh, five set matches and, uh, he's, you know, it's is it highly entertaining? Uh, I find it quite monotonous that type, type of tennis. Not Cam Norrie though. If you watch Cam Norrie play, 
Um, you would think he comes out of a local tennis club and uh, the way he plays, there's not much to him. He's not flashy, but he's a competitive uh, competitive beast. He's been inside the top 10. He's 22 now, but um, so he'll, and he's a lefty, so he'll offer some difficulties. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's a, he's a def- more of a counter puncher. So yes, that could be a long match. And, um, you know, there's some interesting matches today. Uh, there's no doubt about that. The, the one, um, and, and, you know, the beauty of what we've seen so far is, uh, we've seen some great five-set matches. We've seen the most we've ever seen in the first week. Uh, uh, a lot of three-set matches were on the women's side of the draw and some real excitement uh, leading into the women's side of the draw because it, it's pretty loaded at the moment on the bottom half uh, with Coco Goff, who potentially will get through to play Sabalenka, and that's, prob- that's, that's the popcorn match um, as we lead into the, the bottom half of the draw, especially with the, the top seed out, um, Shuan Teku, who uh, who lost in the in the third round. That was a that was a surprise packet. So Svitolina is the headline act today from a women's side of things. Yes, yeah, she's the headline. She's the headline act today, and um, and I you know I think she'll I think she'll get through. She's she's playing she's playing really really solid tennis, more aggressive than she ever was before she had a. Uh, her first child, so she's come back and said, "Look, I've, I watched a lot of tapes, and um, I don't want to play the same style that I did um, when I before I was before I uh, became a mother. I want to want to have this second part of my career where I a lot more offensive. I know I can defend when I need to, um, but I'm going to try and go for it and enjoy the second phase of um, my tennis journey. So I think she'll she'll be a bit too um, bit too good for Muscova, who's a 19 year old. So big moment for her, a teenager into the uh, into the fourth round, looking to get into a quarterfinals, um, and uh, and then as a ranker, I think also she's the she's probably the one. You know, she's a major winner, former world number one. They look like they're getting themselves involved in a quarterfinals clash. What about seeing Leighton Ewart's young son Cruz play in the juniors there, Rog? How does that make you yeah. feel? <laughs> well, Old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially because I know the whole journey and yeah. how that all turned up. So, so uh, I guess... Is he like his old man? Uh, yeah, very similar. It's, it's like hard him. not to be, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because, you, you know, he's competitive. He gets out there. He's, he's got some good height, uh, but he's competitive. And, he, and he's, you know, he's been around a tennis court from day dot and he's been hitting swinging his tennis racket since since he could hold it you know he could physically hold a little little uh, racket so he's been exposed to so much high level uh stuff so so quickly you know you're in front of it you're watching it you're on the practice court watching watching people train at high levels just that photo memory all those sort of things so it's about as high level education package you could have um, he's a good good player, but and you know, so you expect him to be a really solid player at this stage. Um, so he's got a lot of lot of assets. It's just you know this part of the journey now from 15 uh, onwards, it gets difficult. Uh, as we all know, it gets tighter, and uh, there's a lot that that plays out through that part of the journey. So it's a bit of a it's you know it's a it's obviously a must watch, mm. um, and we'll just see how he evolves. But yeah, you're uh, you're right because then you start talking about 2005 and Australians, you know, Leighton's Australian Open men's final, and you're thinking, oh, that's a long time ago, 19 years ago. That's oh um, it's crazy, isn't it? Well, just on that front, I mean, for anyone who sees Roger regularly, whether it be on the coverage or in person, he does not age. 
He hasn't what, aged no, no. 25. You've got the best guns in the business, yeah. Rog. Has not aged yeah. one bit. But this must be the one thing that makes you sit back and go, <laughs> right, time's got away from me a little bit. Even if you are Peter Pan. No, I don't feel that at all, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're, have you ever heard of positive talk? Yeah, I love you know, it, you, Rog. You've got to get it. up and you just get into it, you know, and... Yeah. and you know, birthdays birthdays are great, numbers are great, but you get into it. There'll be a, there'll be a time when you think you can do something, and your body says no, sorry, um, and and that's fine. I'll accept that as just a minor blimp on the on the radar and, and push on, and I'll wait. You know, I'll push on and and blame something else. But uh, no, hey, you just we got it. We got one crack at it. Stay healthy and uh, you know, and forget the number. Well, with philosophies like that, I reckon you've got a future in coaching if you ever want to take it not up. Seeing, <laughs> not seeing grey hair helps as well, Rog. Don't worry about that. Yeah, that's, yeah, just, yeah, have a, yeah exactly. Have, have just a, shave it uh, off. You don't see the greys. Shave, shave it off. You, you feel a lot younger, I reckon. You know? A strong There's tan. No that. And, well, yeah, yeah. and that yeah. skin, yeah, yeah, mate. I, I just, I just, I just shave, shave it off and just think the rock. You yeah, know? I love it. Love it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think that when I shave my head. But, uh, <laughs> each to their own. Rog, we'll chat again soon. Thanks for coming on. See you, boys. Great to have you listening on the Big Sports Breakfast. Back for another big year in 2024, apart from the main man. He's decided he wants to have an extra week's holidays. Yeah, he Not deserves it, he though. can get it. He worked a bit later than us. Well, he's Certainly got a... later than me, so he can have another week. Look, uh, uh, from what I saw on the weekend, mm. he needs this week to recover. What happened? He was out and about. Mm. Oh, Mido, don't worry about that. Well, he was... On the town. Burning it at both ends <laughs> of the Magic Millions as well. So I think he could come back a little bit bruised, uh, which is good to see. He needs a little bit of that. Uh, Michael Clark and Laurie Daly here with me. One story we haven't mentioned as yet is the shock retirement of Matt Horton from swimming, mm. which the timing of it couldn't be more odd. Six months out from Paris, but this... Guy was a child prodigy. Uh, he was always going to be a star, a gold medalist. And I think anyone who had anything to do with him as a teenager knew that was what his future had in store. Yeah. But six months out to just say, nope, I think I've had enough. I can't see it happening anymore. It's a, a bold call. Yeah, but I think this is another one of those examples of you have made a decision within yourself and your family and friend group. You just announce it at a different time because to me listening to his press conference he made it pretty clear that for a while now he's still been swimming a couple of days a week but he hasn't been swimming like you would be this far out from a olympics uh, olympic games so um mate good luck to him what a what an amazing achievement what a what a stellar athlete and, and the other thing as well and Loz and I just spoke about it then it seems to me from a distance that well firstly he's a very intelligent young man but he's got something else now that he's sinking his teeth into. I don't think he's just all of a sudden decided, I'm just not going to put in the time and effort anymore because he's still very young, but I think he's fallen into something else. could be uh, business, job, whatever it is, opportunity, that now he's going to take up all of his time that he thinks is probably worth that investment now that he's achieved so much as a swimmer. Yeah, and it's a demanding sport too, swimming. Just the, the, the time that you have to put in. And it doesn't just start when you're... 
16 or an 18-year-old, eight, it starts when you're really young, you know. So you're doing the long hours, you're getting yeah. up early, you're just swimming up and down that line. Just staring at the just line. Staring it at is the a line. lonely sport. Yeah. And you do have to be quite selfish in your private life. I mean, most professional sports have an element of that. But I know that swimmers in particular struggle, especially post-swimming, with the selfishness that they had to have mm. with their family, loved ones, etc. Trying to find that balance post-career yeah. is quite difficult. Well, so like we'll anything, see how it goes. You've got to find the balance. Otherwise, things can yeah. get out of control pretty quickly. And you'd like to think that all sports these days put a lot more effort into how you leave... The transition. Your, you, yeah, you, yeah, you leave your, your professional life and transfer... Uh, and transition into your next life. Yeah. Because as a sportsman, you do. You, 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 you come out of it, and if you haven't planned <sighs> for what you're going to do next, it's Very a tough. real, real challenge. I remember chatting to Herb Elliott over the years. He often said he finds it remarkable people talk to him about sport at all. Having retired in his early 20, 20s, albeit undefeated and an Olympic mm. gold medalist, one of the greatest Olympians we've ever had. But mid-20s... Once you get into your sort of 80s, you think, that was a lifetime ago. That was a quarter of my life, Mm. and I haven't had anything to do with it for some 60 years. He was so successful in business, he just found it remarkable that people still wanted to bring up runs that he did when he was, you know, over the mile when he was 19, 20, 21. I think the other thing as well, the individual's different, of course, but I think it's how you see your sport. So, you know, cricket has always been a part of my life. But it's not my life. Mm. Where uh, someone like, uh, or let's say Ricky Ponting, for example, I think very different. I think Ricky will be involved with cricket for his entire life. Mm. From when he started at six years of age until his time is up. I think if he's not playing, coaching, commentating, I'd be very surprised. Because it is, he, and you can tell, like Steve Smith's the same. They just are 100% 24-70. They're not playing their... They're checking scores. Like Ricky Ponting used to open the paper and check the grade cricket score. Like he'd get out in a test match and then you'd see him in the change room. He's looking through the paper to look at grade cricket scores in Sydney grade cricket. And he was living in Tassie. Like he wanted to know who was making runs in grade cricket. It's just, it's just, it's in some people's blood. And then for other people, you have, you know, there's other things you want to chase and achieve. And uh, again, it's another example as well. Age, the number is irrelevant. If you, 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 as you say, Loz, you start your sport from six years of age or seven years of age. Yeah. You don't start when you become professional. No. So you do anything for 30 years and see how you feel about it. If we want some more heroes and villains, don't forget, you can call through 0419767272. And we've got plenty of texts coming through as well, so keep those coming. Just on Matt Corden, for those unaware of what he's leaving behind, so... The Rio Olympics in 2016, he was a huge discussion point. He not only won gold, beating his arch rival, but pretty much he roasted Sun Yang from day dot of that Olympics. Uh, He was very outspoken, talking about how he'd seen seen a drug ban and probably should have been longer, and he shouldn't have even been competing with Sun Yang. That was very poorly received in his country and it was a big discussion point through the Olympics. He overcame all of that. He won gold in the 400 free. He won bronze at the Tokyo Olympics in the 4x2 free relay, two silver medals in the 400. 
at the World Championships, the bronze in the 800 and the 1500 free as well. He anchored the 4 by 2 to win the World Championships in 2019, won four Commonwealth Games gold medals as well. But it is, I reckon, the labelling of Sun as a drug cheat that might be his lasting legacy. So if he is to have a role within swimming, I would love it to be in a sort of WADA-type role where he helps to dictate and navigate that path because swimming is always going to be one of those sports. Yeah, that... but he'd want to have to do that. I, I don't know whether he'd want to do that. Well, he, he did it off his own. He didn't yeah, have I know to that call as out Sun Yang. No, he didn't. Um, but I reckon... I, I don't know whether that'd be something that you'd want to get into. I, 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 he didn't shake hands with him, remember? Yeah, on the podium? No, I know. I, I get all that, and I, and I understood his stance. Yeah, different when, very you, when you're competing and yeah. someone's beating you, and you go, "Hang yeah. on, mate, this is not legit." Yeah. Like I think that position's very different to if he thinks he's, if he walks away from the sport and walks into something like yeah. that full time. Mm. But, but like any role, it takes a certain person to. Yeah. It might be something that he's because of his experience. Yeah. He might now and think... he might feel so strongly he about... Might, he might. ...looking and protecting yep. after the athletes yep. and not competing on a... It's like some people work for Cricket Australia. Some people go and work for the Players yeah. Association. It, like, it's just... Yeah. It, it, it can work, and yeah. it might... But you've got to want to do that. Yeah, don't for you? sure. You, 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 you've got to want to go and be a part of something that you truly believe in and to make a difference. And he might feel that strongly about that, that he goes, you know what? This is be a legacy that I can leave behind from my swimming. Maybe. The fact that I can go and try and we wish him well. find out no matter what he does. What's going on behind the scenes? Yeah. Uh, the American Express Golf. I mentioned that a little bit earlier with the amateur in Dunlap currently leading. He did have a three shot lead at one point. That was whittled away and Sam Burns was co leader with Burnsy. Yep. Your mate. Come on, Burnsy. Is at, he is he still there or thereabouts? So Burnsy? Dunlap's got a one shot lead now through eight. He Do you know the Sam Burns story? I'll tell you. Actually, well, I'll I did know that me. he was Loz's favourite, but I didn't know why. If he wins, Loz will be naked in studio. Put it that way. Well, no, that was a major. No one's cheering for that. Oh, was it only a major? It was only a major. I'll bet it's. I'll speak to Jono and yeah. check the recording. Mm. So you've had a bet, have you? I just think Burnsy was silly. Publicly. No, I thought Burnsy was silly. But did anyone he knocked ask back the you? money? He knocked back money to go to live. Yes, I'm well aware of that. His mm. wife might be feeling a little bit better about the situation now. Well, she will be if, if he wins this. But otherwise, she's stuck in that transition she's probably phase minus 40. where she's going. She's probably minus 40 million yeah. at this stage. Yeah. She, she's going, you stupid idiot. Why didn't you take the money? That's, that'd be her outlook on the decision he made not to go to live. She would have been going, go to live, go to live, go to live. But he didn't go to live. And she's still headbutting the table. <laughs> Why? Why? So we had one message come through. Good morning. Mm. Haven't heard you mention Cricket Australia boycotting Australia Day. We have touched on that. Yes. We did bring it up with Stewie, Stewie a little bit earlier on in the day. Oh, I think it's fair to say he sat, on the fence. sat very much on the mm. fence. Well, his role now at Cricket New South Wales, he probably can't afford to pee off Cricket Australia, so no. I can understand why he sat on that fence. But I think his comments are fair that... You know, different generation, where people sit, everyone's everyone has an opinion, very different. Um, cricket has used the 26th of January as an, a very important day of cricket, though, over the years, whether it be one-day cricket when I was playing or a test match. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see their take on it, put it that way. From marketing ploy to please don't mention this. It is yeah. a fair transition, no doubt. Yeah. Peter sent through, my hero is Matt Corden for not accepting cheats in his sport without a fight. My villains are the people who are bagging the Windies in Pakistan. Yes, they were beaten. 
but they play with great sportsmanship and trust they have their good moments. That is true. Their attitude has been fantastic throughout. It's just a, a shame that these test matches are lasting two and a half days instead of five. Big Sports Breakfast continues. Michael Clark and Laurie Daly alongside Ben Wade taking you through the morning sport. And for those who missed the headlines a little bit earlier, heartbreak for Alex Dimonor. His bid to reach his first Australian Open quarterfinal was ripped apart by Andre Rublev. It was a thriller. Went to five, albeit six love in the final set as Rublev just proved that little bit superior. He was the higher ranked coming into it. Mm. Uh, I think he was six seed or something around there with Demonor around the 10 seed. But still, uh, it was a good showing by the Aussie. Just Matt found one a little bit too good. Novak Djokovic, well, he was just emphatic. Six love, six love, six three against Manorino. As for other results, well, uh, we saw Anna Samova was very good, uh, but unfortunately get got uh, Sabalenka in imperious form and wasn't able to do too much there. 6-3, 6-2. Andre Ava has fallen short in another Australian Open for the 27-year-old. Was up against Krejcikova. Uh, that was 4-6, 6-3, 6-2. So they're the tennis results. In terms of the cricket, uh, a lot of chatter about no mention of Australia Day for Cricket Australia. We touched on that briefly with Clarkey. Uh, Marcus Harris is kind of intimated that he would prefer they pick specialist opening batsmen as opposed to going with the Steve Smith experiment. But I think it's fair to say he's kind of got a, a foot oh, in one camp there. Yeah, but I think, you can, I think you can understand his position and what he's saying as well because I think I, – I, th- I certainly think now that it's come out that uh, Cameron Green was going to open the batting, mm. I think that would feel like a bit of a slap in the face to first-class opening batters. Um I think it is a little bit different with Steve Smith. I don't think there's a batsman in the world um, that could, you know, tell Steve Smith not to bat where Steve Smith wants to bat. He's been that good a player. So he's had success everywhere he's batted. He's had more success the higher he's gone up the order. So his record at three is better than at four, for example. So if he wants to open... You know, you couldn't say Steve Smith's not a specialist. He's a specialist in any position. Mm. He's, he's that good. So I understand what um, and feel for the guys that have been scoring runs in that opening position in first-class cricket. Um, but the way it's panned out with Smitty getting the gig, unfortunately, I think they're just going to, again, bide their time for either Usman Khawaja to um, retire or Smitty to either go back down to the middle order or also retire. Who batted ahead of him when he batted nine? Oh, eight others. Yeah. <laughs> but there'd be some Mate, names. Memory, I don't remember what happened last week. How am I going to remember? But there'd be some names that would just be embarrassing in oh, hindsight. Well, I, well okay, I think Andrew McDonald batted mm. in front of him. Mm. The now coach. I think Macca was batting six and Smitty was batting eight. And Macca would be the first to say yeah. that. It's a touch but, on the embarrassing But when side. Smitty come in, he was... Um, was he an all-rounder or a No, he was, all, he was, all, no, he was all-rounder. But all-rounder. in the Australian team, he fitted in. We, we had this leg spin thing. Yep. It was the whole, we need another leggy. So, um, but yeah, he's batted. He's batted every end. He was. He was He was training like an all-rounder. And then he made the call that said, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm now a batsman. And I will bowl some part-timers, but I'm going to make myself a legitimate batsman. And he's always had a different technique as well. So as a young player, you know, coaches and support staff would see him and think there's risk with the way he played. But nobody knew how good his eye and hands were. So technically it's different, but he's got an amazing eye. He's got super fast hands. And when you actually have a look at when Steve Smith goes to hit the ball, 
His technique is spot on. It's just what happens before the ball is released that is different. Do you remember Chandapur from the West Indies? Yep. He used to face the opposite, like nearly face square leg umpire. Yep. But all of that was done before the ball was bowled. But by the time the bowler let the ball go, he was in he was perfect alignment, really well balanced, head still, bat in a good position. But the look of it was so different, and that's one of the things that, that Smitty has. But, you know, apart from his back lift going a little bit wider than what you would coach, um, you know, but again, his hands are so fast. He makes up. He gets his hands in the right position when the ball's there to play. So that's what I say. Technically, he's sound. He could. He can face the new ball. If the ball seams or swings, mate, he's still, our, in my opinion, he's still our best. He's our best player. And so many go on and on about shield runs, and shield runs are great. I probably pay more attention to those sort of... Um, like your Prime Minister's 11, like your opportunity is right, this is your moment to step up. Straight but, away and things like that, yeah. But correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't, what was your shield average before you played Test cricket? Like mid-30s? Yep, yep. So they just saw something in yep. you. They knew you were a Test cricketer. It isn't the be-all and end-all. No, it was selecting selecting an athlete isn't just about stats. It, there's a number of things. It's the team you're going into, the position you're going to play at. Uh, again, my selection for my first Test match against India in India, they, I don't think they would have picked me if we were playing South Africa in South Africa. Mm. Different conditions. But I was batting at the SCG. I loved playing spin. I grew up playing spin. And I was equipped to play in those conditions. So they gave me a chance in front of Brad Hodge, for example. But Hodgie was, Hodge was a much better player than me, in my opinion, at that stage of my career as a youngster. He would played a lot more. He was older. He knew his game better. Technically, he was better. But they saw something in the regards to how I played spin. So that justified their selection. Making some runs helped as well. But that's what I say. That's where selection is so important. You've got to pick the right player for the opposition you're playing in the conditions you're playing. And then you also work out, am I selecting for today? Am I selecting for the future? That's going to be the issue now with Kawaja Smith opening. If they last 12 months together before one of them retires... I think they might go even younger in their selection as that next player. They might go to a uh, Wolpakowski mm. because he's a 10-year player. They might say now the team needs a younger player that is going to be around for 10 years. Yeah, we hope he will. We hope he will. You well, worry if, he, about if, he, if he gets, if he can get all the concussion stuff yeah. right, I'm saying talent-wise, and I know that word is mm. uh, means a lot of things and the word potential, which I hate, but... This, he can play, mate. Will Pukowski is a, a hell of a player. He, he's, he's like Cameron Green. Cameron Green is a hell of a player. Talent, but they've put performance. Now they just need consistency, and they have that. What can about play the young time. bloke who played for the Renegades? Is he just? A, uh, is he a Fraser McGurk? Yeah, he's. Is he the, a one? Well, like a, a white ball player, at, or at can, the is moment, he a, a red ball player? No, as well? I, I don't think. I don't think Doesn't these matter. days you can play both. I think you can. Yep. I think if you can see the ball the way he does, you, he's got all the shots, then it's about building that. It's about building your base or building your structure or building your technique for the format you're playing. Mm. So uh, what I've seen in the short form, Matt, I don't think he's far away from getting an opportunity at the highest level no. in 2020 cricket. And the only reason I he's say that is very, because very good. Um, Maxwell, Glenn Maxwell, I, yep. I would have loved to have seen him play more Agree. Test matches. Agree. And Maxi, in yeah. my opinion, is good enough to play Test cricket. Mm. He just hasn't been able to put, not so much first class cricket. He's done very well, Maxi. 
but he hasn't been able probably to get the consistent run in test cricket yeah. to allow him the time to do what Travis Head has just done. Yeah. Travis Head now is he got picked, he batted okay, he was uncertain, then he he scored a hundred, mm. and his mind just went, mate, I am good enough. If Maxi Maxi does that in the short form, if he got a good enough crack, he could do it in test did, cricket. Did did he just get one go? Dropped and never I don't come know, back, I or has he had a remember. couple of goes? No, I, and it's fine. no, he hasn't just played. He hasn't played. A couple of goes. Yeah, he got, yeah. He, he, but he didn't get ten Test matches, oh. you know, to work it out. He sort of got. I think Dubai, mm. we picked him, and then he batted it. He bat, might have batted it six in the first Test he played, and then we ended up moving him to number three yeah. for a Test match, and then I think we come back to Australian conditions, and we went for a. A fast bowling all-rounder, so we didn't want the yeah. spin or something like that. So he was in and out. In and out, yeah. But it's mate, Test cricket. It just takes. I don't know. Like even if you mm. make runs or take wickets early, it still takes you. You know, twelve, fifteen Test matches yeah. just to yeah to feel your way suck and it feel and comfortable. See a bit, you know, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I would love to have seen him play more Test matches. Oh. I, 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 I don't know. Talent-wise, mate, he's a freak. Yeah. Oh, just he, watching he him is, bat, he's a freak. I, I, I enjoy it. It's not well. On Glenn Maxwell, his double hundred. It was against Afghanistan, wasn't it, in the World Cup? Well, Afghanistan had even more heartbreak the other day. They got beaten in a super over against India. And one bloke got knocked for 36, off and over. I don't think it was six sixes. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on the text line, but I didn't see that in the headlines. But still, even if you bowl four wides. They've come a long way, Afghanistan. Mate, they've got their spinners are brilliant. Some of their batters now are playing really well. They have come a long way. Mm. Again, it's, it's that's why I like World Cups because it gives these countries the opportunity to play against the best teams in the world. Because in my opinion, that's what you see a standard, and you okay, we've got to grow, we've got to get to that. Test cricket's a bit harder to do that, and that's why I feel for the West Indies at the moment. Over five days, you can see a very clear gap. It's hard to hide that in Test cricket. Mm. In one day cricket or twenty twenty cricket, when the game's closer, mate, one player can win or lose your game. Test cricket, one player can't win or lose your game. It takes the team when the two teams are competitive. So you see the gap, you know. Hey, uh, speaking of Afghanistan very quickly, fun fact, you know our good show, friend of the show, Mel McLaughlin? Yeah. Her other half, Ash, he's the coach of Afghanistan now. What? Yeah. Cricket coach? No, no, no. So, no, soccer coach. Oh, I was thinking Because I was thinking, I thought Jonathan Trott was the coach. <laughs> no, no, no. He okay, soccer coach. United. Yes. Remarkable. Uh, hey, Dave Stanley. Well, I know that he's never going to leave us with dead air, is he? Stano, how are you? Hello, Ben. Hello, Pup. Hello, Loz. Oh, I tell you what, that was one of your best <laughs> intros too, Benny. I know. I, was I just gave slick it a bit and of vigour. bang. And I was let down terribly. But uh, that's all right. How are you, DS? Mate, I'm good. It's been a good summer. Um, just sort of, we're, we're Magic Millions. Well, oh, they told me about you at the Magic Millions. They told me you were sweating up a tree. Oh, mate, was I what? Looked hot, DS. <laughs> oh, it was hot. It was bloody hot, boys. Because, as I said last week, where they had us situated was on top of, like, the grandstand. But mm. there's all offices underneath the grandstand where people can go, you know, obviously pay for their horses, media rooms, etc. So all the, the air con units... A set up right on the top. So, mate, I was getting the hot air from the uh, aircon units, plus the humidity, plus being a bigger bloke. Wow. But as I said also last week, it's comforting knowing when, like you smaller blokes uh, and skinnier blokes, when when they're under pressure and they're sweating too, you know that you're in, you know, you yeah. know that uh, it's not just yourself. So, but it is warm up there. It was. Jeez, it it was steamy. And particularly 
where the sales are, you're sort of under a, under a shed. It's mm-hmm. a very glamorous and lovely shed, but it is a shed. And exactly. boy, does it get hot under there. Thankfully, they leave the crayfish and the lobsters and the prawns and the and everything else on ice, Stano. Talk me through. Right. Talk me through the smorgasbord they had on offer because I didn't see you in there. What? I, made, I, I didn't get a chance to get. That's the other thing what? too. Was it no, the because Buffett I was on air. Oh, yeah. Mate, there was oh, the big buffet. I love a Buffett. I'll tell you one bloke that I, every time. So I was up sort of looking down at everyone sort of sitting, eating, yeah. bidding on horses and drinking. There was one gentleman who will join me on Punters Post Warden very soon, Chris Roots. I've never seen a bloke just attack. Like, you think I'm good on the tooth yeah. with uh, attacking buffets. Every time I turned around, he was at a different table. Quite tactical too, Chris, because I think you have to be on certain tables to get the certain food. Oh, is he pretending to do a story or something? Mate, he, just he was up 100%. Yeah. He was moving from table to table, yeah. and he just had lobster, and yeah. oh. he was just enjoying life. And, and people would have said, oh, would you like something to eat? And he's going, 100%. oh, yeah, most definitely I'll have something. 100%. So, so because, obviously, it's quite clear. So because for the punters out there, obviously, like most events, they sort of go table by table to ask you up to the buffet, so not, there's not this big, long queue while the auction's going. So Chris obviously starts at a lower number. He does the story down there. might be with Gay Waterhouse or Chris Waller, table one or two, and then next minute you see him over at table 20, and by the time the queue gets around the 20, he's there for another go. It's just, it was ingenious. So he enjoyed well, it. He's a master at work yeah, there. Well, at least he was He's working. perfected it. I wasn't even working, and, and I made a few... Ventures to the Warren Buffett. I loved it. But they also had little tubs of ice cream, you know, chopped chip, Nutella, all these sorts of things. They had the prawns, the oysters. Oh, it was delightful. But anyway, it was a good showing. And speaking of a good showing, you've got a big show coming up. So apart from Christopher, who else can we expect? Gator, David Gailey will join me, and Mitch Cohen. So we're going to look at all the races from the weekend. Some really good performances, uh, boys, from the races in Sydney. Uh, there were some nice uh, wins down there in Melbourne we'll ta- uh, chat to Gator about. And even up in Queensland, you know, Freedom Rally, I thought was really good at the short odds. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about J-Mac, obviously, getting success there yesterday in Hong Kong. He just jumps on planes and wins races. And mm-hmm. I did like the tweet yesterday from the tab. Actually, you should have a look at it, Loz. There's a photo with all the winning connections after J-Mac's big win uh, when it comes to that big race at Hong Kong. Mate, it looks like half of Hong Kong is there on track with him. Like, There's that many people involved with that horse. So um, very funny and good to see. And, boys, we'll also talk about um, a bit of news that's upcoming. So we'll get some uh, news from Chris because there's a lot happening for our carnival upcoming. We released all those markets as well uh, for the futures with the tab, that was on Friday at 9 o'clock. So if anything tickles your fancy in terms of the Group 1 racing over the Sydney Carnival, the Country Championships final, the Provincial Championships final, that's all open now with the tab. So uh, punters can start to get involved. There's already been a few little moves here and there for the Country Championships and the Provincial Champs. So jump on and have a look, boys. Thank you very much, mate. We look forward to it. We got a villain in Christopher eating all of the food. Can we get a quick hero from you? We've discussed it all morning. There have been uh, some hits and misses. Well, actually, hero hero has to be Alicia Collett, gents. And obviously, we know Alicia is being Luke's partner. It was announced yesterday or late Saturday night that uh, Alicia is actually going to be heading over to Saudi Arabia and competing in their jockeys challenge. Uh, they have a big international meeting, and uh, she's been invited. Uh, it's obviously a great opportunity for her to get on the world stage. There'll be other jockeys from around the world. But being obviously really good mates with Luke, I just wanted to thank the Saudi 
Racing Corporation because it puts food on the table because really it's a one-way train in that household. <laughs> uh, she's the only one putting food on the table. Like here's some of his tips on the weekend, Loz. They were just oh. awful. So big thanks to uh, for allowing listen <laughs> because, mate, I was worried about him. Actually, I was going to start a GoFundMe. He's going that bad. So, so how and long is she over there for? Just, I just think one. It's just one meeting, but he how how good. Like I've texted, you know, the group chat, yep. mate. Uh, congratulations, Alicia. How good? What's the first thing he says? Oh, how good, Stanley. I'll be going duty free <laughs> plus one. Like just no, you know, just all about freeloading. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, boys, that boxing match. I know oh, it was man. half a stitch up last. Oh. He is dead set. He says to me on New Year's Eve. Oh my god. This is after he does a uh, one of those cruises in the snorkel things. He looks at me and goes, mate, I'm telling you, 2024, I'm going to fight. I said, righto, there you go, punters. That's it. And then I just said, righto, there you go. So he is dead set going to do it. He wants to do a charity fight. He wants to train. And he wants to get uh, one of the charities one of you boys are close with behind it. There you go. That's what he wants. He wants to fight. He's a fighter. He wants, I'm not kidding. He's just snorkeled a that? purple. I just want to fight, mate. I'm not kidding, Loz. He must, he's just he's he just snorkeled a, a purple a purple. He's just snorkeled a purple cruise and looks at me and goes, "I'm going to fight, Stanley." I'm he's been watching his brother. I think. That's yeah. a, hey, Stano, one just Friday, boys. For those who didn't listen on the on the weekend or see the coverage on Friday night, one last parting shot at Marlowe. Oh Did yes. Did you see his golf clubs were for sale? We need to get that. Can we? Yeah. I know that you're in the studio there, uh, Benny. Can you? get one of the producers to please send that to me. I'll put it out on my social media because well, well, well. that way, if he blows up, well, I don't care. He nearly killed someone. They had, to, you know, they had to delay the races to, to find the golf ball loss. Ben will tell you all about so it. So they oh. have a longest drive competition. The ball's a metre from a three metre wide net by two and a half yeah. metres high. He's missed the whole net and he's sprayed one onto the track. At all? So Ooh. then they've had to go looking for the golf ball. Oh. Anyway, uh, we can harass him about that. I'll chase up the vision for you, Stano, and we look forward to Punters Postmortem coming up very shortly. Collingwood, you were on my band list. You were my villain for the day, but you've been taken over by Andrew Brown. He's he's now top of my list, there not picking up when I throw to him. There you go. I'm near on undebut, Andrew, and you've cost me. Thanks very much, Clarkie. Thank Thanks you, Thanks very much, Laurie. We'll chat again tomorrow.